If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined today by Christopher Pacheco as we return on this Monday morning to uh, a world filled with all kinds of sporting results. So over the weekend, you know, we had uh, we had some UFC. We have updated news on the NHL and the NBA possibly returning uh, NASCAR races as well. Uh, German soccer, which we are definitely going to dig into. But to me, Pacheco, not only the best television event of quarantine, but I think I think the best TV that I have watched all year, uh, even even better than the last dance. I thought that the match two in which uh, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning played against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady was about as good as TV can possibly get. I just I thought that it was so freaking fantastic. Uh, did you enjoy it as much as I did? Oh, I I absolutely did. In fact, uh, my wife uh, watched it with me as well, and and she couldn't stop uh, watching uh, the thing. And she's you know. She's usually just not into golf, and and she couldn't take her eyes out of the TV uh, for this one. It's just very easy uh, to fall in love with that, Davis. Um, you know, with Brady and Manning both being out there, I think, you know, with their football careers, you, you think of them as these, like, superheroes, like gods, like, uh, on the football field. And then they go to the, hall, the golf course, and they're just like, you know, they're just like you and I, man. They're, they're just terrible. Uh, and just looking at them struggle and, and, you know, laughing and Charles Barkley making jokes and, and trying to, you know, push push them to the limit. Um, I, I thought it was I thought it was really great TV. Yeah, I, I thought it was really great TV. So 
Um, you know, for, for those who do not know, the the first match was not very good TV. I, I would say it was it was fine. Um, you know, it, it, it came on on Thanksgiving in a year where we had lots of sports. You know, there was other stuff on to watch and it was it was OK. You know, and, and Phil Mickelson won. I would assume most people that watched uh, did not want Phil Mickelson to win. So uh, they and the, the producers of that event, you know, they really took the criticism and they heard, OK, they didn't like that. We did this. They wanted more of this. And I, I thought the inclusion of professional athletes who are not golfers, I thought it was so smart because you you bring in this whole other group of guys who maybe they don't love professional golf you know maybe they don't watch the pga tour every weekend but everyone knows who phil nickel or uh, everyone knows who peyton manning and tom brady are and also everyone knows what it's like to suck at golf because even if you're good at golf you used to suck or if you're mm-hmm. good at golf you have rounds where you feel like you suck and uh watching not professional golfers golf uh it was it was very enjoyable to see it was absolutely enjoyable to see uh so Brady had to lie about his handicap, right? There, there's no, like, there's no way, there's no way he's as good as he he said he was. Yeah, Brady, and, Brady. So, so Brady before this event, it was reported that he had a eight point one handicap. So to give people an idea, you know, maybe you don't golf a ton. That would basically mean that you were able to go golf and you would. You'd be eight strokes over par. So maybe if you know if you make a double bogey, that means that you knock in a birdie at some point. Or or if you make uh, a ten at some point, that means that you probably have to scoop an eagle. Like on average, you're eight strokes over par. And um, you know after watching that round, my guess on Brady's actual handicap is that it's probably closer to like eighteen Pacheco. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like yeah, he just he funny. wasn't good, and that's fine. It's fine to be bad at golf. And honestly, I mean. I got to say, in a way, I respect him a little bit more because he knew, like, he had yeah. to have known he was bad at golf, right? For sure. Yeah. So For he, sure. He knows he's bad, and he still goes on and does this charity event, and he knows everyone's going to laugh at him. He mm. knows that he's going to be the butt of all these jokes. And I, I wonder, do you think Nicholson knew that he was bad when he agreed to do all this? Um, when he agreed, pro- probably not. I- I'm assuming by the practice round. They, they probably both Tiger and Phil had a, an idea of how good their partners were um, before. Um, my guess is that they, they really didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think that's probably true. Like I would think that Phil probably thought Brady and Manning were about the same, yeah. but Manning was really good. Like Manning yeah. hit a bunch of shots that they used and hit a couple clutch putts. Like I thought, I thought Manning probably would be like, like if you go out to your club to go golf on a weekend and you get mm-hmm. matched up with a guy like Peyton Manning, you'd be like, "Oh, that's the that's the best player I've ever played with." Like right. like like you'd be like, "Oh, I've never played with anyone who was that dialed in." Like he hit a bunch of really nice iron shots. Yeah. Um, he made I think it was like probably I would guess it was probably like a twenty five foot mm-hmm. putt on the third hole to to put them up a stroke. Like right. and and meanwhile. Uh, you know, Brady, I mean, Brady had to re-tee already twice mm-hmm. on the first three holes and was hitting them into the water. And, uh, you know, just it was it was tough scenes out there as as a as a Patriots fan who watched Tom Brady walk out the door. How were the how is this making you feel as this was happening? <laughs> no, I, I just laughed about it. You know, I thought I, I just I had a good time just watching him out there, you know, 
struggling because it you know it's a charity event it's, it's nothing overly serious even though it's it's obviously a a competition um but I, I thought i like i agree with you i thought pain was was good i thought um his struggle really was just you know with the driver like trying to hit fairways i thought that was a struggle for him outside of that i thought his iron play was like really good and i thought that's what really separated him from brady whereas brady he didn't even have a driver and he he would like try to iron out uh and it just wasn't working clearly i think brady probably had the moment of the tournament where he holed out i don't i don't remember the exact distance but that was probably the the moment it was from like 150 so i i was when i was working on our agenda for the show is i went to go find the clip and i was like you know, maybe that's 80, 90 yards, but no, that was like, that was a, a big shot. You know, if yeah. you, if you have been, if you have ever been out golfing and someone has dunked one from that far, it's like, you'll never forget it because it's, it's just, it really is such a crazy moment. And I mean, it made it even better because he's sitting there jawing with Charles, right? right. They're, they're, they're arguing and Charles is saying he sucks. And Brooks Kepka saying, you know, I'll donate a hundred thousand dollars if you're even able to make a par at this event at all. And then all of a sudden, you know, Brady's sitting there on the fairway. And I mean, we all, he was going to have a moment, right? He's Tom Brady. It's like, it's not like he's going to go through this whole event actually being like the literal butt of the joke. Like he's going right. to, he's going to get his at some point. Cause he's Tom Brady. He absolutely was. And I, I definitely thought it made it better than he was actually drawing and going back and forth with Charles Barkley and pretty much, pretty much told him before the shot, Hey, look at this. And then he makes it. I, I don't know. I, if you replay that again a hundred times, it probably doesn't happen again. And just the fact that it happened on live television really just made it that much better. Yeah, if if Brady goes out to try that shot right now, they sit him at the same spot in the fairway, you know, they, they try and recreate the conditions, the conditions as best as they can. They they give Brady the same club and he sits there and hits and hit, you know, like tin cup. Like he's just right. sitting there over and over again. I don't I don't think he makes it. And he, you know, he tells Charles Barkley to take his medicine. I also thought I thought Justin Thomas was really good on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of just there as the as the commentator. And I, I thought I thought he was really good. Uh, you know, an underrated part of the broadcast because he was there. Because he's played a lot with Tiger, so he's giving some insight there. And then he was also there making fun of Phil. Because every time, so it was very funny. Every time Brady would have these putts off the green, Phil would be sitting there, you know, just breaking down meticulously. Like, okay, Tom, I want you to aim for right here. I want you to focus on the pace. I want you to do this and that. And you could tell Brady's just like, dude, like, come on, we're going to lose. Just let me hit this putt. Like, I don't want (laughs) to do this anymore. Right, right. I mean, two things. One, shame on us for, for even doubting. Uh, that that Tiger was was potentially going to let this one slide to Phil again. Uh, that was going to be really tough. He lost a match the first time. Um, thought it was going to be really tough for him to just you know go out there and lose twice to Phil. I, I, like that wasn't going to be very likely. Two, I was wondering, Davis, how much you thought the conditions actually affected uh, the play. Not for Miggles, not for Mickelson and Woods, because I, I think you know they've been out there in those conditions before for sure. But for Brady and Manning, how, how much of an impact do you think, you know, the wet surfaces and, and the constant rain uh, had in, in their results? So I think it was pretty big for Phil, actually. And, and actually, you know what? I think the person it benefited the most was probably Peyton. Because mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about what Peyton was doing well, it was when they were using 
Tiger's drive. So on the on the back nine, they switched formats to alternating shot. And Peyton had, what, three or four really nice approach shots where, mm-hmm. you know, basically you're expecting an amateur golfer to miss the green there, like, you know, 90% of the time or whatever. And uh, in particular on hole 16, it's it's looking like that uh, the that the Phil and Brady side, that they're going to even it up. You know, they, at one point, Tiger and Peyton were up three. Then Phil hits that absolute bomb on, uh, I think, 14, where he hits it over the trees on the par four. Brady makes the 12-footer. They get the eagle. And then all of a sudden, you know, things are getting close. Brady hits it to – Brady and Phil both hit it within 10 feet on the par three, 16th. And then Manning – I mean, that's like the most clutch moment of Manning's career, right? He right. goes in there and he, I mean, he hits it to two feet on that par, on that par three sixteenth. And like that, that to me, I think was pretty much just as impressive as the, uh, as the Brady, uh, the, the Brady bomb and, and Brady made a couple big putts as well. So like, I, I got to hand it to him. He, he figured things out on the back nine Brady did, but I, I think the weather did impact Manning. Yeah, certainly. I, I, and I, I agree with you. I thought, you know, all things considered, the fact that that Mapleson and Brady made a comeback on the back nine was awesome. Uh, but ultimately, there was no point in the entire match where Woods and Manning were down to Mapleson and Brady. Not one single moment. Not I one think, time. Yeah. Uh, not one time. They were they were tied, uh, especially early on. And then after that, Woods and Manning didn't didn't let down. So I, I thought that was that was a pretty you know pretty incredible feat on their part. Yeah, uh, they were they were dominant, um, and and I thought, I thought the coolest thing was like Tiger just looked great. Yeah. You know, he wasn't wasn't grabbing at his back, was just kind of taking it nice and easy, like hit every shot you'd expect him to hit. I think I think he uh, I think he hit every green in regulation on the front nine mm-hmm. when he was playing with his own ball. So you know that's uh that's pretty intense, like. And and we're gonna get a ton of golf. Like we're gonna with the Colonials coming up, and and I think that we're looking at a situation where we might get three Masters played in like two months. And I think if you're if you're a Tiger Woods fan, if you're Tiger, like you have to be feeling like this was a really good performance for me. Like this was really really solid, and I should feel good about what I accomplished. Like I should feel good physically. Like that that I think was another really cool part of the of the event. Yeah, I, you never want to see Tiger out there, you know, grabbing at his back or like at, at his legs, like when he was hurt. I, I thought that was really great too. I thought he looked great throughout. Um, there was definitely that, you know, that potential concern that maybe he, you know, he's still a little bit iffy. But I, I think, given what we saw, Davis, it's, it looks pretty clear to me that he was at a hundred percent, and that's really great to see for all the golf fans. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and head to break here on the Daily Rotor Hour on Sports Grid TV. When we get back, we are going to transition a little bit as we head into our discussion of the German Bundesliga action for this weekend. See you guys on the other side of break in just a moment. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Roto Hour here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco. Uh, in our first segment, we discussed the match, which was fantastic. I, I, I thought uh, I thought just top quality TV. We're now going to transition into uh, our discussion of the events of the weekend in the German Bundesliga. But actually, real quick before we get into this, I sure. I want to throw out. Uh, the the golfer quarterback pairing that I want to have uh, for the next match because in my perfect world Pacheco I I think the idea should be they do like a winner stays on version of the match so okay. every time you win you get to stay on but if you lose then a new quarterback and a new golfer challenger um, comes in like this okay. is this is what I want I'm now I'm now dedicated to this becoming uh, an on screen event but the the pairing I want is I want Rory McIlroy and I want Aaron Rodgers. I think that I think that that pairing would be so good because they're both so cocky and they're both so competitive. And I think if if things went bad for that team, they yeah. both just start blaming each other. And I think I think that would just be I think that'd be great. But I, I mean, you're telling me like these quarterbacks would love to do this. The, I think that's a great idea. Uh, my pairing would be Dustin Johnson and Tony Romo because. Th- th- 
it could be a retired quarterback. Oh, Romo was legit good. Romo Romo would smoke these dudes. Like if if, if Romo right. played against Peyton, he would beat him by five strokes. And I think that's probably where it's where it's probably not fair to to do that. But I think DJ like having Tiger uh, and and Manning against DJ and Romo would make for for pretty great TV. I just think DJ and and Romo might have the leg up in that one. Even though I, I still think Tiger is amazing. I think that one, it might I, go to I DJ. think DJ and Romo versus Tiger and Manning, I think at like we're probably looking at like the DJ Romo side is like minus 230 or whatever. Like I, I think it, I think it's pretty severe because Romo, like Romo has almost played in the U.S. Like Romo almost qualified for the U.S. Open, right. not through like sponsors exemptions or anything, but like just from being that good. So, that, I, oh, what if Curry played? Curry playing with like mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know who he's friends with. I, and Iguodala is a big golfer too. Like that, right. that could be fun. Uh, it could be. Uh, I could. I could see like Justin Thomas and, and Steph Curry. Oh, for sure. I, I think that would be a pretty good pairing. But the one that you threw out was actually really good and it, it, even if they don't win like it would just make for great tv right. some of these other ones like you know dj I, like I, I don't know how some of these golfers would be on actual tv um whereas i know rory and, and aaron Rodgers, it, it would make for fantastic television yeah yeah it, it really would okay diving in diving into the bundesliga some more some more live sports this week and it feels like every week when we start doing the show it's like it's like we get one more bit of live sports back you know whether whether it be nascar or ufc or soccer whatever like uh we had we had the match like it's great it's great to see you know some more some more live sport on our tv so the match that we talked about for uh, for a majority of the time last week was this uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach Bayer Leverkusen game. We, we we you know we basically we literally did tout it, Pacheco. We literally did mm-hmm. say this was going to be a huge game for the table in Germany. Mm-hmm. So now, as a result of this game, Bayer Leverkusen wins three one. Borussia Mönchengladbach falls down. They are now no longer in a Champions League place. They are down in. Fifth place, Bayer Leverkusen is able to uh, win this game. They also, as a as a result of that game, gained a spot in um, uh, goal differential as well. So now they are they have the tiebreaker on Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, they're going to have the head to head tiebreaker on them as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it really just was a situation of Leverkusen kind of got out front and and they. They just they they kept a stranglehold on that lead. They score in the seventh minute, and you got to think like the Munch and Gladback betters, the Munch and Gladback fans. They're sitting there at home, just like, what's the deal, right? Like what? Right. Like like uh, we we gave ourselves seven minutes of being competitive. Um, then you know not much happens in the first half. Uh, they score right again uh, at uh, at in 52 minutes, so right after the half gets back. Then they give away a penalty four minutes later, and. Uh, Despite their best efforts, they and they did they did really try. In fact, they were actually even able to get this game close in shots. But uh, but Bayer Leverkusen takes this game and pretty much sets themselves up perfectly to get a Champions League position this year. Pacheco. Yeah, certainly. And I, I thought uh, coming into this match, I, I think you and I both understood that Leverkusen was just a bit better. Um, even though Mönchengladbach was ahead in the standings, the, that can happen. Uh, but that's going to happen, in fact, from time to time. But then you go up against, you know, a little bit better of a team, 
And I, I think that's what happened uh, in, in this match. And in this matchup, I'm still expecting Leverkusen to hold on to that that fourth spot. Um, given that I, I, I just think they're they're a bit better than launching lap back. There, it's nothing against them. I think if you look at the standings, it's pretty clear that after that fifth spot, there's a pretty clear drop off. Uh, that's where Wolfsburg comes into play in sixth place, but they have 39 points, whereas Munching Gladbach is sitting comfortably ahead at 52 points. So it's still a really close uh, race between Leverkusen and Munching Gladbach, but I'm still expecting Leverkusen to be able to hold on. If you, if anything, if there's anything to take away um, after you know seeing them play, is that Leverkusen is just a bit better. Yeah, I, I, and I think I, you know, there's, there's no shame in being a little bit worse than, uh, than Bayer Leverkusen. They are a, they are a super good team. You know, they have, uh, they have a lot of players who probably will be purchased by larger clubs. You know, Kaya Vert's one of the best players in the Bundesliga. Uh, Daily Sinkraven was a really young, a really good young player at Ajax, and then they, they also just kind of have everything figured out perfectly for their system you know they have they have a system that they like uh they play they play that three at the back system with uh with the wing backs that uh you know a lot of a lot of continental coaches i've actually i've actually noticed that um a lot of uh a lot of teams in the german bundesliga use three defenders with two wing backs instead of two defenders with two fullbacks which uh you know for for those of you who are not big soccer nerds like basically that just means these teams play way more offensively they have they have more offensive concentrated players on the field than uh than defensively concentrated players so uh another another big result in the table uh the Borussia Dortmund basically just can't afford to to drop points at all. And there's a huge, huge, huge match coming up on Tuesday. Might have already happened by the time you guys are listening to this between Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. If Dortmund win that game or even get a draw, theoretically, they can still win the league. If Munich wins that game against Borussia Dortmund and Dortmund is at home in this game, uh, the league is over. It, it's uh, it's just set up at this point that, uh, that Bayern Munich is going to win the game. But... Uh, in the Wolfsburg Dortmund game, uh, this was the most lopsided game of the weekend, and it, it maybe doesn't look like that from the stats. Uh, mm-hmm. Wolfsburg took seven, seven shots, Dortmund took six, but I mean, Dortmund just was practicing in this game. Like mm-hmm. literally, they were they were just they were they were basically just uh, like playing tiki taka passing games for a majority of this game. Pacheco. Yeah, they they won in a really big way on the possession standpoint, and and I agree with you. You know, it's it's just pretty clear that there's games where the you know the team that's significantly ahead in the standings is just a much better team than you actually see the game. And, and it's not particularly close. So while Wolfsburg was still, you know, decent on the shots front, um, it's just that Dorman didn't really have to do much on the shooting front. They went up 2-0, and there was nothing else that Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg could do. So I, I really thought that it was a, a dominant uh, performance. And, you know, Davis, to, back to what you had mentioned uh, on, on last week's show, uh, that you thought, you know, the defense just d- didn't look right that, that first week where the Bundesliga came back. Well, this week, I mean, it, it, honestly, it was pretty much a lot of the same. Uh, we had yeah. two games featuring five goals from from one team, and then we had another one. Uh, it was the Hertha Berlin game. Uh, they scored four. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm in agreement with you here. The defenses still just kind of don't don't look very right to me. 
Yeah, the it, it seems like for whatever reason, the offenses are just ahead of the defenses. So maybe it's fitness. Maybe maybe it's at a high level. Like this is actually something we talk about in American football, which is like when when conditions are weird, when defenses haven't had time to practice, it's in general, it's harder to react than to act, right? Like if you're if you're just thinking about something in life, you would rather be the one doing something than the one reacting to something. And maybe that's the case in soccer right now, in German soccer, where these these def- like their minds aren't as fresh, their bodies aren't as limber or as strong as 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 fit as we would expect them to be. You know, maybe the goalies are making mental errors. Like I think there are a lot of reasons to uh to think like it's just uh you know it's just it's just difficult to be. Uh, it's just difficult to be a, a good defender right now, and I, I don't know I don't know what the solution to that is, but I, I do find it uh, I do find it really interesting that the defenses have been so bad this early on. Yes, I, certainly, and I I thought this weekend was yet another indication that they're just not right, and I really didn't see anything this weekend that surprised me. Uh, quite frankly, like all the results uh just made sense to me i don't know if you're if you're there with me but it, it all of them just made sense all the favorites uh even leverkusen who, who wasn't favored in in that game but we thought uh that they, right. they probably had the better chance of winning uh, ended up winning that game yeah i mean i think maybe one of the surprising results you could point to would be that uh Leipzig just destroyed Mainz as hard as they did. You know, sure. like uh, Leipzig has been a good team this year, but y- you know, maybe not. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess I guess anytime you see a five zero, it's a little odd. Uh, mm. I you could you could point to Schalke getting beat three uh, zero by Augsburg. Augsburg twelfth in the table. Schalke eighth in the table. Maybe you could say that is a little strange, especially because Schalke had. 12 shots uh Augsburg had only nine they were able to get seven shots on target though like I I I guess and especially because you know Schalke took more shots they had 71 percent 71 percent possession to Augsburg's 28 percent 82 percent pass success rate to 60 percent uh I I I think maybe if you were being uh if you were being honest about the situation you would just say that Augsburg got very lucky in this game overall, probably. Yeah, that that one would make sense, uh, and and so maybe maybe that is the most surprising. I, I would have to agree with you. Outside of that, um, all the results made sense to me, including the BVB game, which was just a routing. It wasn't close, as as we mentioned. Uh, Bayern Munich won five to two. That one really wasn't all, all that surprising, given the, the matchup and the fact that Bayern Munich is just significantly ahead uh, at this point. Uh, I think moving forward, it's that BVB uh, Bayern Munich game that, that looms, you know, really big um, because it's going to determine, you know, whether or not uh, BVB can have a, a chance at winning this thing. Yeah, I mean, it would be, so I am sure that the German Bundesliga, I'm sure they are rooting for that game to go to Dortmund because, you know, mm-hmm. this is the most American eyes that are ever going to be on their product. They want to be able to, they want to be able to have some drama. They want to have uh, some, some, they want to sell some ads. They want to get some American eyes on the game. We are going to continue our discussion of the German Bundesliga when we get back here in just a few moments on the Daily Road Hour. We're going to look at the rest of these games played uh, and then maybe take a quick look at the slate coming up this weekend. So we We will see you guys in just a few moments on the other side of our break. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco, continuing our discussion of Game Week 27 in the German Bundesliga, the uh, one of the main leagues that has returned to sports here in Northern America. We are, uh, or in uh, not Northern America, in in Europe. Obviously, we're all we're all feeling very excited about it. We are uh, we are all loving having live sport on our TV. I mean. One of my one of my favorite things is, you know, just waking up Saturday morning, getting a cup of coffee, you know, pulling my laptop out, getting all my bets in, figuring out all my DraftKings lineups and watching soccer. This has been this has been my routine forever, Pacheco. And having that routine, I, I'm wondering for you, how much has your routine changed without the constant scheduling of sports? Has that been crazy for you? 
Uh, well, it certainly has been an adjustment um, because I'm just not yet. I'm, first off, I'm not used to not having all the sports that we once did. I mean, all of us can can attest to that. Um, but my schedule in general is just very different. Um, I typically work uh, overnight. I think once the KBO um, got here to us and we've been able to, to really work it uh, a good bit, um, I think that really, you know, changed my schedule in a good way, kind of stabilized it and made it so that I, I could work kind of my normal-ish schedule. Um, I, I, as you know, Davis, I'm typically not your average morning person. I, I can't really yeah. do a whole lot in the morning. I'm not useful then, uh, but I can do a good bit of work at night. And so having the KBO back, having some of these leaks back uh, has certainly helped the schedule big time. Yeah, uh, it is uh, definitely like I think everyone is sort of learning the role that sports played in their lives, right? Like everyone's feeling like, oh, actually, you know, I don't miss having sports on TV that much or, right. oh, I don't have that much going on in my life outside of watching games. You know what I actually miss the most is having baseball games on yeah. during the day when mm -hmm. I'm working, like, you know, putting on a, a Royals game, a Royals day game, a, a, a yeah. like. I watch a ton of AL Central baseball. Like not having those games on in the background has mm -hmm. been just really bumming me out. Yeah, I think the, the challenge is, you know, for doing this as long as we have in the industry. And I, I know, speaking for myself, I've been doing this for now going over six years. Um, it's a very specific schedule, right? Once you get into the summertime, you know, you know, the calendar's turning over to baseball. And there's a very specific schedule uh, uh, to that. And so not having that at all uh, has been just really crazy. Because at this point, most things are starting to wind down. Even the NBA uh, would be in, I believe, the NBA final. They would be in very much in the playoffs. Yeah, we would be, we'd, be, we'd be watching the finals right now. We'd be watching the finals. And so having the finals and baseball around at the same time has been happening for forever now, it, it seems like. So not having either Davis has certainly been, you know, quite a struggle. Yeah, uh, I, I will say this, though. If things do work out right and, you know, we don't have players getting COVID and exposing other players, like if, if things do sort of settle down, we are kind of looking at a scenario where we could have the NBA Finals, mm -hmm. baseball, the NHL playoffs, golf, all happening at the same time, which would be amazing. That would be that would be some hardcore, uh, amazing TV time. And and you know, it's looking like the Italian soccer leagues are going to come back. Uh, the EPL has official governmental permission to start playing again on June first. Now they the teams yeah. still have to vote on it. They actually very similar to how things are working with the NHL, where they have a location mm -hmm. to play it, but they just they need the teams to agree on it. So. If we if we do get all of that happening, uh, yeah. things are going to be awesome, Pacheco. Things are going to be uh, fantastic, uh, of course. I think one of the the major storylines here, Davis, and and I kid you not, I think it's looking to me like this might just end up being more of a possibility um, moving forward. Is the NBA resuming play at this time? Their schedule is going to be different moving forward, and I think. It, it makes all the sense in the world, right? If they finally just listened and started their league in December, like in Christmas time, because I think with the NFL happening at the same time, it's really difficult for people to switch 
from sport to sport. And there's a lot going on in the fall uh, because you also have the NHL. And obviously, uh, hockey is just not as big uh, in, in America, but it's it's their number one sport in Canada. Uh so you just have a lot going on in the fall. If the NBA could revert to that, let's start on Christmas and let's end the season, you know, past the summer, potentially early into the fall, that would be huge for them. And, and I think there's a possibility that that might happen moving forward, not just this season, because this season they would be forced to do that. I think that just might be a, a thing moving forward for the NBA. Yeah, I, I think that is uh, I think that is probably true. So I, I want to return back to uh, our initial our initial topic here, which is the Bundesliga this weekend. Uh, we had we had some fantastic games. Uh, you know there there were there were a lot of blowouts, which you know I, I think this is something that kind of turns American viewers off. Is is you know how non competitive some of these games are, but uh, you know that's just a function of some of these teams have a lot more money than other teams and that's uh you know that's just sort of going to happen sometimes mm-hmm. so uh i think one of the one of the awesome things in uh one of the awesome things that we saw was the fc cologne fortuna dusseldorf game so dusseldorf is a team that is uh is struggling to stay alive in the german bundesliga you know they are they they are doing everything they can to stay up and uh they they almost had this game they were they were underdogs in this game on the road uh, away to FC Cologne, which is one of the historically really good teams. They score in the 41st minute. They score in the 61st minute, and uh, they think they are coasting. They are able to have um, they are able to have Mark Uth miss a penalty for FC Cologne. You know they are they are like man this this these three points are absolutely huge for us because they are sitting at the 16th spot in the table pacheco they are three mm-hmm. points behind Mainz. so a win here actually uh with the goal differential would have gotten them out of the relegation zone they're sitting there in the 88th minute and then boom anthony Modest scores 91st minute john cordova scores and uh it and pulls it back from them i mean if they go down this season if they are relegated to the second tier they're gonna look back at this game and be like i can't freaking believe they let this happen yeah, that was definitely some some like real late action. I, I mean, I thought the game was over, and I thought they thought the game was over too. And for them to score literally on the it looks like the ninety first uh, minute of the game must have been you know really deflating uh, for them. I think you know moving forward, Davis, uh, they're going to be in a it's, it's in a really tough spot. Like this is the type of game that. You know, you, you have to win to feel good moving forward. And they lost it in this fashion. And now I, I think you're right. They're going to look back at this game uh, potentially and be like, yeah, that's that's definitely the game that just, you know, killed our season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, I, I feel I feel for Fortuna Dusseldorf. They are um, they are like one of the, the publicly owned teams in Germany. You know, they are they're the only team in the town where they're from. Uh, they are they are a, a really good story. Actually, a fun team to use on fifa because they have a they have a lot of uh they have a ton of fast players which is uh you know really the entire point basically the uh exact opposite in the mainz 05 rb leipzig game so uh mm-hmm. you know mainz and dusseldorf are, are really sitting there fighting for one spot in the table and uh this game was brutal they were only able to get four shots only one on target and uh, actually very similar to the Borussia Dortmund game. It was sort of just practice for Leipzig. Uh, 
Dortmund took it easy. Uh, not 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 uh, not much taken it easy for Leipzig as they score five goals, uh, including two absolutely ridiculous goal mouth scrambles where you're just like, this is so ridiculous. I, I can't believe that the ball is not getting cleared now. Timo Werner gets his hat trick. Uh, Yusef Polson gets a goal with two assists. Marcel Sobitzer scores with an assist. Kevin Campbell gets an assist. Uh, this was uh, this was a, a thrashing Pacheco. Yeah, th- I mean, there's, uh, there's just no way around it. I, the scores end up being 5-0, and, and that's definitely like, a very telling sign. The game wasn't closed, but then you you look back at, at some of the the statistics. I mean, twenty to four on shots uh, going the Leipzig way. Of course, uh, like th- there's very little in this game where Mainz had the advantage on any statistical front. So it, it wasn't closed from the beginning, like from the get go, and it didn't end up being closed. There's there's just not much else to say. Leipzig was not not just dominant, but clearly, very clearly, the better team. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought also it might be it might be a, an interesting little thing to look at to just look at some of the player stats in this league, because it is, you know, just guys are able to score a lot of goals in this league. You know, just we we, we do see these high scoring games because there are teams like Dortmund, like uh, Bayern Munich, like RB Leipzig, like Borussia Mönchengladbach, like Leverkusen. They just have so much more money and they are they are just, uh, you know, they are they're just so good. So um Obviously, we have Robert Lewandowski, who is probably the third best forward in the world behind Leo Messi and behind Cristiano Ronaldo. I guess I guess Mbappe, too, there as well. So he has 27 goals, Pacheco, in 25 games, 2,202 minutes, which uh, I thought was uh, I thought was interesting that he literally has uh, all all twos in his minutes played. Um you know, so he is uh, like I, I just think he is fantastic. Obviously, you know he he actually Pacheco averages a goal every 82 minutes this year for Bayern Munich. Like that's absurd. Uh, th- that's definitely absurd, and it, it looks like to me, Davis, it looks like he's pr- pretty clearly the best scorer in the league. Would you would you agree with that? Even though. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he, I think he's like 31, 32 years old. It yeah, looks like he, still... he is, he is 31. Um, Timo Werner probably is like the more dynamic player. He has 24 goals and seven assists. Um, I think the most impressive player might be Borussia Dortmund's Jaden Sancho. So he's third in the league in goals, 14 goals, but he also has 16 assists, which is second in the league in assists. I mean, this guy in 21 games, 1800 minutes he has been like the most impactful player in the league this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it certainly uh, looks that way. But it, I, I don't know with Bayern Munich being all over the top players yeah. um, as, as far as the statistics are, are concerned. Same with BBB. I mean, they're kind of all over uh, the, the the you know the top scores for sure. But it's just Davis. It's really difficult for me to see Bayern lose uh, the league this season. Like I. I don't think it's very likely. I know Dorman is, is certainly making a push. They looked really good, um, but even then, I think Bayern leads on goal differential. They lead like they lead like pretty much on everything. So it's it's really tough for for me to see them fall. Yeah, it uh, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be 
it's going to be very interesting, right, to see to see yeah. how this all plays out. So we are going to head into our final break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. When we return, we are going to talk about uh, some of the permutations for the NBA and NHL finals or, or maybe some adjustments to the Major League Baseball season and how we view all of that stuff coming together here over uh, the next coming weeks. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Christopher Pacheco. In our final segment here, we thought that uh, it might be some interesting analysis to look ahead at uh, the very, very fun 
tournament that the NHL has proposed to its teams and to its players. Pacheco, basically, as a way to <laughs> earn some extra playoff revenue, as a way to get things done quickly, and uh, trying to do it as fairly as possible, the NHL has basically proposed a format that allows 24 teams to play for the Stanley Cup. And uh, I, I'm guessing that part of the reason they did this is, one, uh, playoff hockey is the best, right? Like, it is, it's just the best to watch. Uh, it yes. gets much better ratings than the regular season. Yes. Uh, it allows the teams, the way that the format is set up, a lot. the top eight teams in the NHL right now are set up to have a bye. Uh, so I'm guessing they did this to get more on TV to make the teams at the bottom end of the playoff picture feel like they had a chance, but also by giving the buys to the top teams, make them feel as if it was fair for them as well. I mean, look, given everything that's going on, like this is as fair as it gets, uh, in my opinion. You know, does Chicago and Montreal, uh, you know, is it fair for them to get into the playoffs? Probably not. I mean, they weren't going to get into the playoffs if we just had the regular system, but we, we weren't going to have the regular system because it's, it's impossible. First off, we, we can't finish the regular season. So some of these tight races, and especially in, in the Western Conference, uh, we weren't going to be able to, to get that. So a way to make it fair is to open it up, having 24 teams, uh, having an extra playoff series um, uh, to determine you know who gets to move on. And I think Dave has given everything. I think that this is you know, the fairest way uh, to accomplish the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I couldn't agree with you more. It, it, I've seen pretty much all the playoffs for all the leagues. I think they're all fantastic. I think once you watch the Stanley Cup, you get to say, oh, okay, there's there's just one that is better than the others. And I think it's, in my head, I, I, don't, I don't think there's much of a debate with that. So who do you think some of the, uh, the big winners are? from this format are you know obviously some teams are going to be in a better spot some teams are going to be in a worse spot you know who do you yeah. think really would win if this proposed change goes through i mean the the clear winner here has to be the teams that really didn't have a shot uh, at the playoffs montreal to, to put the things into perspective davis montreal uh, who's gonna get into the playoffs of this format um, goes through, and it looks like it very much will. They were 10 points out of the race in the East. I mean, they were clearly just like a forgotten team. Like They, they weren't going to make it. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they're going to have a shot at it. Chicago was uh, six points uh, six points from making it. I, I didn't think it was very likely for them to, to be able to get into the playoffs. So, they, like, teams like that, that really, in our, in our eyes, didn't have a shot at the playoffs, but now we'll get to compete – those are really the big winners. The losers clearly are the teams that were comfortably ahead, say like like Pittsburgh and Toronto, teams that were clearly going to make the playoffs, even if even if as a, as a wild card team they were going to make it. And now all of a sudden they have to play an extra series. I mean, no matter how you how you look at this, they they have to be losers because in hockey, even if you're favored, like say last last season, uh, where Tampa Bay uh, played in the series against Columbus. You repeat that series again, there's no way that Columbus is, is going to win the way they did because they were huge underdogs. But that's the way hockey is. Sometimes teams get hot in the right moment. Uh, other, on the other side, another team gets really cold on the wrong, uh, on the wrong moment. And that's, that's how this goes. So extending and, and you know, giving an extra series to some of these teams that were clearly ahead, 
is clearly makes them losers in my eyes. Yeah. So uh, who are who are some of the guys that uh, who are some of the guy or who are some of the teams that really benefited? You think like do you think there is a team that or or multiple teams that basically would have had no chance of competing beforehand or or maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't have even made the playoffs at all that actually could possibly win a championship? Yeah. So I think. I th- okay, so so potentially win a championship that that certainly uh, changes the equation. Um, it's it's tough because I still think, especially in, in my head, some of these top top heavy teams like the the teams that are getting buys, um, like the Boston Bruins. I thought you know with the way that they lost last year at home, they lost a Stanley Cup at home, Game Seven, lost to St. Louis. It was brutal. Um, this year they were playing as as the best team in in hockey. I really thought that they would get back there and get it done um, this time around. Challenges with them having a bye, you're not really going to get to play a lot of hockey. So, Davis, as I, as I just mentioned, it's a disadvantage to some of these teams to play an extra playoff series. But it might be an advantage ultimately because they, they get to have their legs underneath them a bit more. Whereas some of these teams on buys that are clearly veteran teams like the Bruins, they're, they're not going to have that that opportunity. So a team like Columbus who made a lot of lo- a lot of noise last year ended up losing to Boston uh, in the East uh, in their in their Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I think this year they're positioned pretty well in that first round matchup against Toronto. Um, if this format does go through, I think the matchup really suits them well. Um, Toronto this year defensively was an absolute disaster. Uh, they're not going to get much better uh, after the after the break here. So I think Columbus uh, is positioned, positioning themselves pretty well to, to potentially have a good run this year. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I like that. I, I think that any team that really performed under their true skill level for a while, which can happen in hockey because it is like a really variant sport, I think uh, another team in this format would uh, would potentially be the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, a team with a lot of really good players that was just having – uh, you know, a horrible regular season. Like, like mm-hmm. actually think about this, Pacheco. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, if we ran this back from last year, they yeah. would have been one of these teams that was either not in the playoffs at a certain point, you know, they'd fired their coach, mm-hmm. or they would have been one of the teams that had to play an extra series, and, you know, they ended up being the best team. No, I mean, you know, I don't think they were. Yeah. I do not think they were right. the best team, but they did win the Stanley Cup. They did win the Stanley Cup last year. Like, Hockey is really a sport that, uh, like, if you're if you're looking, you're thinking about gambling on this, uh, and right now DraftKings did a very smart thing and they took the odds down until mm-hmm. uh, you know we get some sense of what the playoff format is actually going to be. But like, when this comes back, literally bet all the 10, 11, and twelve seeds. I think like I think they would all be good bets, basically. Uh, yeah, as long shots, and in hockey, you it, it makes sense to take long shots because it, it just happens very frequently. Uh, that some of these dogs uh, make some decent playoff runs. Um, speaking of underdogs, I think the Rangers are another team to to look out for. Uh, tough matchup against Carolina. Um, thing with Carolina is, as good as they have been um, over the last few seasons, and they really have been good, they can't seem to, to get it figured out in the playoffs. Uh, the Rangers were a team that were really getting to figure it out uh, during the regular season this season uh, with Mika Sabanajad and, and Artemi Panarin just being 
like otherworldly talents. They were on a on a tear. So I'd be interested to see if after you know this situation and once the playoffs resume, um, I'd be interested to see if they can continue to to keep that going because I think not only can they win this series against Carolina, I actually think uh, they can make a, a deep playoff run as well. And I think the odds. Uh, are, are going to be pretty significant. Like, I think they're going to be pretty big dogs uh, in, in this format. I think that is, um, I think that is probably pretty likely to be true. So uh, what about, uh, what about, you know, these specific matchups that we have projected right now? Is there, is there mm-hmm. any that you think that there is like a, like a, you know, a, a really big edge on like anyone where you think the, the series yeah. price is likely to be terrible? I, yeah, so I think um, I think Pittsburgh against Montreal. I, I would think that Pittsburgh is going to be massively favored in that one. That one might be one of the one of the biggest ones um, as far as the the price is concerned. Like I think Montreal might be the biggest dogs in this whole thing, not just because they were so far below uh, in the standings and and they probably weren't going to make the playoffs at all, but but Pittsburgh is is a really tough matchup. Thing is, Davis. Uh, Montreal still has Carey Price. Uh, Carey Price hasn't been very good over the last yeah. few seasons. Um, players still regard him as one of, if not the best goaltender in the league. And you you know how Stanley Cup playoffs work, man. Sometimes a goaltender just gets absolutely on a tear, and the yeah. other team just can't figure him out. Uh, who knows? Maybe you bet Montreal. And if you, if you bet Montreal, you have to bet on Carey Price getting hot. Like there, There's really no other way around it. I don't think they have the talent to just beat Pittsburgh outright. Yeah, I think I think that is. Um, I think that's interesting. What about uh, what about this uh, Carolina New York Rangers series? That that one to me again seems like the Rangers. I think probably could be drawing live against a team like Carolina. Yeah. So right. So I think they could certainly be drawn live, and that's why I had mentioned them because I think with the way they were playing towards the end of the regular season. They were starting to make some noise, and, and maybe you could see it coming together. Still not a team that you would take overly seriously in, in a playoff format. But again, Carolina really hasn't been very good in the playoffs. Last year, they lost to Boston. I, I believe it was a, it was a sweep. Um, they, they really just couldn't figure it out. and it's, it's to no fault of them. I mean, they had a great regular season. Boston was just the better team, and it was pretty clear. Um, but in this format, I, I think, yes, Carolina's better than the Rangers. I think more times than not. Carolina can figure them out. But I think the Rangers made enough improvements where that is legitimately a series, regardless of what the price tag is. Yeah, I think uh, I think that makes sense. So who do we think in this format with the buys and everything? Who is your who is your pick to win the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, so I think again, not because I'm a homer, but I thought the given what happened to the Bruins last year, getting back to the Stanley Cup. And losing in seven, losing at home uh, was brutal. I, I thought this year they would have that that fire lit up again, and they would go out there and do it. Um, they're still my pick uh, to win, but honestly, Davis, one of these years, I mean, it's just going to happen, right? One of these years where we don't see it coming, very much like the Washington Capitals, the Lightning are going to put it all together. They haven't yet in the playoffs. They've been they've been a great regular season team for years, but they haven't figured it out in the playoffs. I think one of these years they they figure it out. Who knows? Maybe this is their year. You know, maybe. What about what about my Colorado Avalanche? Lie to me, lie to me, and tell me that uh, that the Avalanche can grind <laughs> out the Blues and uh, and win. 
Uh, I think they can. I think they have a shot with their offensive talent um, that they have on that team. I think they they have a, a pretty decent shot at at least getting to the to the finals. There we go. Uh, I uh, I really like that. I mean, you know, they they got better. They made they made some in season trades. Nathan mm-hmm. McKinnon is a great player. I mean, never forget that they were actually robbed of a Game 7 goal last year against mm-hmm. the San Jose Sharks by McKinnon being ruled as offside despite the fact that, first of all, he clearly wasn't, and he was just going to go get on the bench, and uh, that never, ever, 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 ever gets called except for a Game 7 where I guess everyone everyone's feeling the pressure, even the referees. So we're going mm-hmm. gonna to leave you guys with that for today. Everyone, thank you very much for listening and watching the Daily Roto Hour here on Sports Grid TV. We will be back tomorrow with uh, Ricky Sanders, continuing our uh, our sports talk TV show here in a world with more and more sports. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.